Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brennan McCullough and Matt Basta, and we're going to talk some video games and other random bullshit. What's up, guys? Hey. Up. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are on, um, are we going to mention that we're on Twitch right now? Ah, no, yeah. watch. We're streaming hey, on Twitch. This is actually, yeah, there's a first, hey, okay, listener, we're trying new things. So we got a new logo. We're like switching things up with our whole social media presence. Going to try a little harder, not like extremely, <laughs> but a, a little. A little, like up to like maybe 10%. That's probably the virtually better. Topic. We don't want to strain ourselves. No, no, no. Basically, but yeah. So we got a new logo. It's pretty fresh. I'm very happy with it. And very fresh. Fresh. This is the first time we're streaming an episode as we're recording it on Twitch. So you get to see all the little fuck ups that I edit out and stuff. So <laughs> that's lucky you. Not sure if we're gonna continue to do this. This is more or less a test, but uh, kind of exciting. This is a test, but like one of the cool kind of tests where you're seeing if something works. Not like the test that you forgot to study for or that your girlfriend tested positive for. Not one of those oh, tests. Oh, God. Um, Which kind of but, test is that? Either are bad, in my opinion. God damn it, Brent. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move on and talk about video games. Let's hear from Matt first about what you've been playing these days. It's been a little bit since we've spoken last. Well, you were rebooting your computer just a little while ago. I was telling Brent that both of you are probably going to be particularly disappointed in me when you hear what game I've been playing. Uh, oh, um, you've been watching someone play a game on Twitch? No, uh, no, I've actually been playing a game. And in mm. fact, I've been leaving my house to play this game. Pokemon Go. That. Oh, it yeah. has to be. No shit. Yeah. Are you into it? Yeah, I it I started. Um, well, here's the thing. <laughs> that's not a no. That's not a yes. I've 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 mixed emotions. I have mixed feelings. Um, so, oh God, the app, the app itself, it can, can use a lot of love. Um, the people at Niantic really need to work on their network stack because here's the thing. When you're walking around, you don't have a stable internet connection, right? Like my phone is jumping on and off Wi-Fi networks that it's able to connect to. It's going up and down in signal strength, you know, connection periodically drops out. Uh, sometimes the GPS isn't available because I've walked under a, a a metal thing or God knows what. And so like what, what inevitably ends up happening is like something will try to like save back to their servers mm-hmm. and then it'll like time out. And so then my, my phone will like lock up or like I'll click on something else. And then like, I'll get a message that I've supposed to have gotten like 45 seconds ago. So that's super annoying. The game itself is quite fun. Uh, there's a little bit of skill involved, which mm. is good. Um, there's a little bit of luck involved, which is good. It it really feels like a Pokemon game. I didn't expect it to be as good as it is, but the the biggest downside, in my opinion, is that I've been playing this for almost a week now, and like I still can't do any of the fun shit. So one of the things that you do in the game is you go to the these gyms, and a gym is basically just like a random spot around wherever you are, Wait, and it's controlled play- by. Did you play when it first came out? No. Okay. Because I was say, it seems like you're very surprised by all this. Like, I thought we all played it. I'm, th- this, this is completely brand new for me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And so these gyms are all shifting people all the time. Like, I will leave in the morning and it'll be blue and I'll come home at night and it'll be red. I have yet to be able to find a gym where my Pokemon are in any way effective. Mm-hmm. Like. 
I've been playing this for a solid week. I am level 16. For the life of me, like my Pokemon are are still like half of the cups of porridge of like the the minimum I have seen at these gyms, which is unreal. Like, how is that? I don't, I don't know. It just feels really fucking strange. Here's the thing for you. It's because the game has been out for what over a year and you're just starting now. So it's been a year for these people to train and get the Pokemon strong. The real problem sure. was back a year ago when everyone was starting at the same time there's still the same problem where people were just super dedicated or like high schoolers or kids who had all the free time in the world and would do nothing but play this and get their Pokemon like level 150 a week after the game came out or something. Like, so that's always been an issue. Here's the frustration that I have. Yeah. I have walked all around Oakland, right? Like I have spent many, many, many hours walking around Oakland, all around downtown, all up to Adams Point, up to Grand Lake, up to Temescat. Like I have been everywhere Pokemon Go I have worth yet shot. to find a gym listen it's fine don't worry about it <laughs> Roman Mars is here and he's not dead yet I don't know right? who that is oh god you're the worst podcast from the world. <laughs> oh that's funny as hell um but no, uh, <laughs> did you see any like uh specifically rare Pokemon uh to your location specific to your um, location I don't know if it tells you that I don't think there's any like particularly locale specific pokemon yeah if there are they just show up like every other pokemon it's not like rare exclusive pokemon like because there are i yeah rumor was kangaskhan was in australia but i don't know if that's true but like it doesn't tell you that it's only in this area so you wouldn't know otherwise i mean it it's fine like i i'm not salty about the pokemon that i'm catching or anything but it just feels like sort of bullshit that i can't actually play most of the game for the simple reason that i haven't walked around enough Right. Like when I've put 20 hours into a game, I expect to be able to play like the things that are available to me. This to me just feels like I need to go grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding before I can even begin to participate in the the sort of base level game. Um, So that's sort of unfortunate, but I am still enjoying it quite a lot and it's getting me out of the apartment and um, I'm I'm exploring places that I probably wouldn't have otherwise gone to and trespassing. (laughs) <laughs> breaking and entering um, murder so That's I, not part I haven't of the game, actually trespassed anywhere so far I have um, snuck onto a little bit of a construction site at night <gasps> Sinner. It, it's just a staging area for a construction site there is a, a, a blue gym there and I'm blue um, yeah I think I was too yeah uh, but yeah um, it, it's quite fun and I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a lot I just wish that I could actually fucking do stuff you know Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, also, it is a fucking battery hog. Yeah, it oh, is. It's just definitely. the worst fucking battery hog. I don't miss hog. that game at all. Like, no. I did enjoy it for a little while, but, like, now that I'm off it, I'm like, okay, see ya. Yeah, I don't have but, Like, seriously, like, I, I measure where I'm going to go walking to in battery life. Like, there yeah. are certain places where I physically cannot get there with Pokemon Go if I have my phone on from when I leave my apartment to get to that place. What also confirmed it in my mind is how like th- how many failures there is going on with like they're like oh we're gonna have this huge event with like a legendary Pokemon and everyone freaking out and then it's just like a big flop so I don't know they they do have a lot of work to do before they get my interest personally but I'm they already still have a lot of people playing obviously there are a lot of people playing yeah uh, the other thing like it's really hard to find people to do like group stuff with yeah like there's like message boards and stuff but like i wish i could just do that in the app Mm -hmm. you know like if 
if you're defending a gym with a bunch of people, you should be able to be like, hey, let's let's do a raid. But like you can't. There's no in-game communication at all. So you have to rely on these weird back channels. Um, Or you have to know people. And unfortunately, I don't really know people. So Yeah, you kind of missed the wave where there was just hordes of people like running around towns and cities like doing Mm -hmm. it all together. Where it's just like random strangers you just bump into and you're like, hey, I'm I'm on the blue team too. It's like, yeah, let's go together. So something for, and not to not to drag on Pokemon Go for longer than it needs to, because I'm sure the world is already just fucking disgusted with it. But, <laughs> Pokemon gone. Oh! Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> something interesting. I I work next to the Giant Stadium in San Francisco, which is why I'm constantly wandering <laughs> wandering my way under metal things. Um and one of the gyms is home plate in Giant Stadium. Oh. Uh, AT&T Park. Um, not Giant Stadium. AT&T Park. Because there are also... Um, A Giant Stadium. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's confusing. But so home plate is a gym. But you physically cannot get close enough to it from outside of the park. Yeah. There's a lot of things like that on the coast. Like with the ocean. But... But it it changes color like every day and there's different Pokemon in there every day. So it's either people using like internet things to to fool the game and like spoof GPS location or something yeah. or and I like the second explanation better. There's like two or three uh, AT&T park employees that are just constantly battling over home plate. I'm positive <laughs> that's what it is. I really hope so because it would make me really happy I knew people who worked at places where there was like three stops around them because it was like a historical area so there was like the stops were statues and Mm -hmm. like landmarks and then their building was a gym so it was like every minute was changing colors because everyone in the building was a different team and just constantly (laughs) changing yeah it's 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 a fun game Doug what are you playing it's fun but it I'm glad it sounds like it hasn't changed enough like, it seems like it's the same complaints we had when it first started. So it seems like it hasn't done enough to win people back. I don't have enough experience to be able to comment one way or the other. Yeah. At least you didn't spend, what, 40 bucks like I did? I spent $0. Yeah. Speaking of paying $0, I ended up playing Lawbreakers uh, as a oh, gift, yeah. actually. So what ended up happening, uh, another podcast, uh, Video Game Generations, with host Mike and his daughter Addie, uh, Mike had like a extra amount of codes from the developer of the game. They like sent him copies of it for PlayStation Four, I guess. And mm-hmm. he had these downloadable codes. And he said on Twitter, like the first person to get at me will get these codes. And I was like, get Sweet. at me, yeah. So and then he sent me a DM, and like I got these codes. I downloaded it, and it all went well. And I was like super hyped because it came with like the DLC from the pre-order and the DLC from something else. And it's just really cool because like now my one gun glows and shit. It's it's a really fun game. I'm having such a blast. I remember going into it. I'm like, I was probably intending on just buying it outright. So getting it for free was like a super like cool thing because like I never win any contest or anything like that. So it was just like, whoa, freaking a game I was intending on getting. Got that shit for free. Feels good, man. And I'm playing it uh, at first. Like, I remember I think we even mentioned it like before I got this game. I was like saying, oh, I'm interested. And you were like, I don't think so. And because you played the alpha and stuff, and yeah. I understand your input. It, I honestly think it's well, much more polished, uh, at least now. Like, I'm not sure yeah. what it was like. I can't really give a com- full comparison, but it is really fun game. 
I was surprised. Granted, it was the alpha, so like I was aware the bugs and stuff were still in it. Like it was unpolished, but I didn't enjoy it like enough overall, even the core gameplay. But I was, I didn't think you would like it simply because you didn't like Overwatch or like Team Fortress or like other hero-based arena first-person shooters. Like you said, like your big complaint with Overwatch is it's just the same thing over and over and over again with different yeah. people, and that's what Lawbreakers is. Yeah, and so. that's the thing. I feel like my opinion's kind of changed on that a little bit because, like, I don't know. I'm really into Rocket League, and that's the same thing over and over again. That that's why I was confused. You liked Rocket League so much because I'm like, that's the same complaint you had with Overwatch. Yeah, no, I'm more into like the like sporty kind of stuff now. Like, especially now that I found the two games I like the most in that like genre, like the repetitive kind of s- style stuff with like different playlists. Like, at least Rocket League, you can change it up and do hoops and stuff, and like make it like basketball style and shit instead of like constant soccer. But Lawbreakers, though, I, I think the reason I like this more than Overwatch, it's just, like, the aesthetics of it, the characters, and, like, just how, just, I don't know, Overwatch, to, to me, I, I enjoy it, and it's it's cool, but, like, I don't know, just something about the aesthetics of it, it just really didn't, like, ring a bell with me. Whereas this one, like, the different game modes are, like, obviously, it's always just, like, a mix and match of just take care, of, take control of this area and protect it, and or, like, steal yeah. this item and shit. Yeah, capture the flag or capture the point or exactly. You know. Well, th- it's kind of unique. the The one specifically I like the most is called Blitzball, where yeah. well, I think, and, and that's interesting because like, isn't something from like Final Fantasy X called that? Or that, yeah, forget- that's what it is. Yeah, it's- <laughs> yeah, that's funny that they use that name. But anyway, uh, each team tries to capture the ball and get it to the opposite team's side and like score by like putting it in the hole in the ground. Um, mm-hmm. That's really fun. The ball is actually, it talks to you, and it's voiced by Justin Rowland, who does Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty, and a bunch of other voices. Holy shit, I've only had possession of the ball, like, a handful of times, so I never didn't even notice that. I, I usually <laughs> have, I'm, like, listening to podcasts or something as I play, so, like, I'll have to turn it up next time. Yeah. Um, and then the other modes are basically, yeah, defend this zone, or capture this battery and charge it, and, like, stupid shit like that. But it's really fun, like, it is very repetitive, and it, the, there is no real tutorial, tutorial. I think, yep. like... You're just kind of tossed in, and it's just like, figure it out. And that's the, kind of the downside. Like, I got the hang of it pretty quick. What I found is, like, okay, I found my main character. Like, I, I, I don't really like switching up, because, like, for a while, it's just like, I know I'm good with this character. I'm going to be helpful on the team with this character. The other You're team, one of those people. Ah, oh, dude, I am, though. But, like, I will, I do, I do intend on branching out, but I'm kind of, like, perfecting my game with this guy, because I'm like, all right, now I can at least say... I like if someone wants to play the game with me, I could play that character and not look like an asshole. But like, I don't know. It, the rest of them are pretty tough. There's so there's so many things to learn with each of them. Even the one I'm like maining now, I still didn't even realize he has more abilities than I'm even utilizing. So I'm like, shit. There's a lot to learn. That's what I mean. With no tutorial, it's kind of like figure this shit out. And there's like mm-hmm. fucking nine or no, yeah, nine characters to choose from per team. So like, and they okay. they obviously reflect the the weapons and and abilities exactly yeah um yeah so it's the law versus the breakers which is funny (laughs) yeah i believe it was four characters for each team in the alpha so it's interesting to hear that they've done more than double the roster yeah well and that's the thing my main complaint with the game would be the fact that it's just like you log in and you go to play online and it's a quick match thing kind of opportunity but there's no option to choose like i just want to play blitzball or i just want to play the, yeah. the battery one and it's like god I, damn that'd be I have so the nice. same the same complaint with uh overwatch that you can't search for the different modes because there's only like three modes in it right now or 
you know, there's arcade mode, which is a bunch of variety modes, but in the quick play, there's only three. And I know some people that absolutely hate push the payload in which they can never play it. And if you want to do that, you would have to search through custom games and only search for games using certain maps because the game mode is tied to the map. But if you're doing a custom game, people can just fuck with it and it's really unplayable and stuff. So I wish there was a way to search for the game modes. I agree. Yeah, for sure. And another bonus point that it gets like uh, they have like what they call stash drops where you like you get like different like decals and uh, stickers for your guns and like, I don't know, skins for your characters. And sometimes they even include the in-game currency. So that way you don't have to actually spend money to like if there's an off chance you earn a stash drop and it has the in-game currency, like you can stack that up and then get like a certain skin that you're after and stuff. So and there's lots to choose from if you have like favorite characters and shit. So. Lots yeah. of ways to customize your character and go in and kick some ass. It's a really fun first-person shooter, like, yeah, I guess arena-style game. I, I'm I'm into it. I'm surprisingly into it. And thank you again, Mike, from Video Game Generations. That was super generous and really cool that I'm getting to experience this game and streaming it a lot. So check it out on Twitch, guys. Um, Other than that, I did beat Crash Insane Trilogy, uh, all three games. Uh, it's been a blast i'm most likely gonna have to go back and try to 100 some of them i think the hardest is definitely going to be the first one the second game was so nostalgic i forgot so much about it but as i'm playing through it's like it my memories it's like holy shit this is great very challenging not nearly as challenging as the first game i uh, kind of breezed through it it's interesting how like the in-between levels there's like f- maybe like five different like levels and then you f- face a boss like the boss is always fairly easy in comparison to like the levels you face like getting up to that a lot of the final bosses were just like oh figure out this pattern and it's all over and it's like well interesting but there's lots to do with like going back and getting gems that you've missed and stuff and time trials and lots to still accomplish and get trophies for still but overall Mm -hmm. really fun and then crash bandicoot warped oh my god that's i think my favorite of the three I, I I feel like that's controversial amongst Crash fans, but, like, for real, like, it's just so fun. The underwater levels are totally a bitch and hard, but, like, it's cool, because, like, you get this, like, underwater, like, jet ski with, like, fucking, that shoots rockets and shit. I don't know, all sorts of, like, absurd stuff. The hardest part of that game, though, in my opinion, was some of the levels when you're crash on a motorcycle, and, oh my god, so you start out in ninth place, and you think in a race in any other game like all the cars are like lined up next to each other the way the level is designed you can't really feasibly do that so they put the cars spaced in front of each other very far away so like the guy in first place is like already like halfway up like the fucking map because of like how it's set up and then it's like oh then you start and then you have to like catch up and like beat him it's definitely tough to do um but you'll get the hang of it if you stick with it but i'm i can imagine a lot of people just throwing their controllers in rage and yeah i can't imagine trying to get all the boxes on levels like that that's going to be a total bitch but yeah crash totally fun game looking back it's a hell of a franchise and i'm i'm glad i played it when it was a thing back then and i'm glad i'm replaying it now and yeah i did see on youtube some gameplay of the old crashes versus what i'm playing now and it's like wow i'm it's it's incredible how much better it looks and it's really cool so yep been enjoying that yeah uh i'm curious because you were talking about lawbreakers that you like the style and characters more and i'm i can understand the style because i understand some people want more like detail whereas uh overwatch is pretty like cartoonish and like uh exaggerated yeah 
but I'm surprised by the characters. Because, I mean, granted, I'm biased because I know all the characters in Overwatch. But I, I feel like Lawbreakers didn't have any memorable characters. It was just like, I remembered their classes, like the Soldier, the Brute, the Jetpack, the Demolition. But I don't remember the character at all. No, definitely. I'm with you there. They're kind of, like, all douchey, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. they, they look really cool, though. Like, when you just, like, look at them, especially at the end of a match, and it shows, like, who got first place through fifth place, and it's just like, wow. And especially seeing everyone's different customized character, it's really kind of cool. There's some wild skins, and there's some really weird-ass characters. Like, this one dude's, like, jaws, like, blown off or some shit, and it's just yeah. like, I don't even know. Um, I'm curious to see how well it does, because Lawbreakers definitely has uh, not been doing great uh, lately, like, even after it's uh, launched in, what, August 8th? No. Looking at, at Steam charts, I'm, you know, I don't know how credible this is, but it's, you know, better than, it's the best thing we got. Sure. Uh, it launched with, like, about 3,000 players, and right now it's got about maybe, like, 600 on average. So, and that was August 8th to August 25th, which is today. So, it was like two, three weeks almost. Damn. Mm. So, that's a pretty steep drop-off. That that's, really is. That's pretty unfortunate. We've yeah. got more people uh, actively using Pinecast than that. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, guys. Get, get Lawbreakers. It's a good game. It's a good game. I'm enjoying uh, it. I, I hope it doesn't I'm like, like, like I'm going to be like, I love this game, guys. And then, like, no one's playing no one's it. Play- <laughs> well, that's... um. Fuck, what was it? I can't remember what, but there was a game I tried playing where I'm like, oh, I like this game. Let me try the multiplayer. And there's just no one. Uh, Gigantic. That's like a free arena-based like uh, team shooter. And the match is just... It had the same thing, where it had an initial launch, a lot of people playing it, and now it's kind of just dropped off, and now it's really hard to find a match, where the queue times will be up to like five minutes to find a match. Because it's just, it's just having trouble matching people up. So, I mean... Yeah. It, there's a lot of games coming out in that genre of arena-based team hero shooters, like first-person shooters. So, and Overwatch is such a colossal giant in that specific genre. You really have to stand out on your own to, you know, survive. Like, I believe Paladins is the other one. And that's actually doing pretty well. That's actually got a pretty, like, substantial player base to it and surviving. But that's because it was free-to-play right off the bat. Versus, like, Battleborn, which is charging $60. And launched the same day as Overwatch. Or Overwatch did a big, I think, patch or something to it the day it came out and like fucked them over. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but Lawbreakers, the them not having a good tutorial, which is like the most consistent complaint I hear about it, especially with the zero G area, which is what makes the game unique and like stand out. It doesn't teach you how to maneuver in that well. And apparently, there's like a backfire button. That can help when you're being chased and can help you move or maneuver around in the zero G. Yeah. They don't tell you how to do that. And that's a critical part of the game. Like of all the characters. That's the thing. I never even tried it with my main character yet. And it's called blind fire. And yeah, it's, you yeah. have to hold up on the D pad if anyone's playing with PS4. And it's just like, yeah, interesting. Cause I noticed there was a trophy for it. Like I was scrolling through the trophies that I haven't gotten yet. And it's like, yeah, kill 25 people with blind fire. I'm like, Oh shit. I never even used it yet. Yeah, exactly. And them not having a good tutorial could really dissuade new players from trying it and sticking with it. Well, and that's, it's true because I remember watching someone stream it and they got frustrated like right off the bat because they didn't know what they're doing. And then I'm like, I got it myself as my first match. Like I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And I was like, this is shitty. Like it pisses me off. But then you just, if you stick with it, it's pretty intuitive. So you will get the hang of it. You just got to like be, but you have to be kind of like a veteran gamer, not veteran, but like, 
semi-experienced gamer because otherwise you might flounder a little bit. And that's one thing I found, like, even as someone who's new to the game, I'm getting the hang of it. Like, it keeps track of all your different stats. So you can, like, go in the menu and check your stuff. It, like, said I had, like, 32 double kills and, like, 7 triple kills. So, like, I'm getting the hang of this game and it's, like, a lot of fun. But, oh, shit, I forget where I was going with this. God damn it. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) I just... I think that's going to really hurt. Like, it's already down to a fifth of what it started with, player base-wise. It's dead. Yeah, it's dead. that's what I remember now. You don't bounce back from that. It's real. Like, if it does, because I don't say it's dead, because Destiny was at this level of, like, bad at launch. And then with their DLC and update, they fixed everything, and it just got revitalized completely. And now Destiny 2 is actually coming to the Battle.net, like, Blizzard's uh, launcher. So it's possible to come back, but it's very rare to come back from something this this uh drastic yes and i remember my train of thought i was trying to say like people there's such like a huge like difference in like the the player's abilities like you can notice like a noob from like a super experienced player and i feel like there's like people that pick up the game and like if you're into fps's and maybe you play overwatch and other games similar to that style like you'll just hop in and be like killer but then you'll see people just like having no idea what they're doing like they'll get the blitz ball and it's like your objective is once you get the ball it's take it to the other side of the map and get it on the other team's uh side and score and they're like going over like near where your thing is and it's like no like look it's on your screen it says goal over there go that way and like so it's like frustrating when you're like dealing with people like that but like maybe they're just trolling too you never know with the internet but who knows uh i i doubt it i think they're just probably that, trying I mean, to figure it out, and it's like, yeah. I, don't, I I was there like a week ago, dude, I feel you, but it's like, you're screwing us up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. I, I I mean, I would like that game to do well, because I would like all the games to do well. I don't have any personal vendetta against it, but I, I don't think it's going to come and, back from that. No, it's not, and since there isn't a large enough player base, they can't even probably like filter the game by like your uh, your player level. level? Like, so, for, in- yeah. for instance, I'm level 17 after playing for a couple of days. And I think that would make such a difference that it's like, oh, I'm playing with people my level. I would have so much of a better experience. But they're, yeah, it's probably just like whoever's online, throw them in a match because that's what all we got. That's what uh, I've been playing Overwatch more with a few buddies of mine, and two of them are starting. Well, Mark and another buddy of ours are like pretty low level. They're like 20 something or so. And I'm level 577 or so. And they're having a lot of trouble playing with me. And people of my rank are like around that, and then going back to the low level matches because they're just like no one knows what they're doing. So it's it is a bit jarring. Like it's not necessarily meaning like high levels equal high skill. That's not a guarantee because I'm still terrible. But you're just more familiar with it, and if you spend 300 hours in a game, you're going to get better at it. Like that's just a fact. So it's it's tough to play with like that caliber of skill, and then go back to like the little league. And, you know, people are still figuring out the objective. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's going to be rough for Lawbreakers. If they're able to pull this out or if they're able to, you know, sustain it for a few months longer, it's it's going to be rough. Yeah, but, I'm praying for them. I'm going to keep playing to hope keep the <laughs> stats up for them. <laughs> yeah. But um, how about you, Brian? What have you been playing these days? A uh, lot of Overwatch, like I was saying. Um. I won't harp on it too much, but they're drastically changing characters now. So, for example, Junkrat is a demolition guy. He's now going to get... At least this is in the PTR, the public test region. So these are all just the testing, and it's not official yet. They might change them. But as of right now, 
they want Junkrat to have two landmines, his Riptire to go faster, and I think uh, maybe do more damage, I forget. So they're making him more offensive, but I think he's already he already does the highest damage per uh, shot of any character, so I think that's unnecessary. Uh, Diva is her shield is getting cut in half, so you can only have it a half as long, and they're adding missiles to her so she can be more offensive. And Mercy, the resident healer and like angel character that can revive people, is completely getting rehauled. Her ultimate to revive characters is turning into a pass or a secondary ability that she can only do one at a time. Uh, she's getting just like a super powered form as her ult now. Uh, she's going to be doing more damage with her pistol, and they're making her more offensive as well. And people are complaining, saying they're getting they're destroying her character. It's like no, she can still heal and boost people and be. Uh, a supportive character. But the fact that they're doing all three of these characters and remodeling them and remapping their abilities all pretty in a close to the same window and making them all more offensive based to make them more, more sustainable on their own is weird to me. And it's kind <laughs> of really fucking up the whole class based system of like support, defense, offense, tank. Like at this point, everyone's just offense and it's just turning into fucking Halo. Like there's no strategy involved where you have to protect your healer because they heal you but then you keep them alive like now it's like ah fuck it the healer can take care of themselves so what do i have to do so it's i like that they're changing things up to keep it fresh and interesting but they're really fucking with the classes which is the core concept of that game and if they make everyone offensive then how's it any different than any other shooter yeah, that's, uh, Lawbreakers has a similar problem with balancing issues with a couple of the characters because, like, this one dude, like, for instance, just flies around like super quick. So, like, if you, any, I, like, I actually saw a Blitzball match where, like, every like the team that won, every single player was playing that guy, and it was like, God damn it, because yeah. like you just get the ball and boom, you're right there, and it's like enemy team scored, and you're like, fuck, like, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, Lawbreakers is gonna have to have that like awkward like baby period of like balancing everything out to figure out like like. The developers are going to be like, oh, this is easy, you can do this, or all the characters are sustainable. But then once the players get to it, they'll find the meta, which works the best, and cheese it, and find like the little corners they can cut. And then the lawbreakers are going to have to, you know, nerf that or create laws so they, they players can't do that all the time and cheat, essentially. And that awkward period takes a few months to figure out, and it seems like by that point the player base is already gone. So it's, it's tough, they're in like their learning phase, but... You know, all their test subjects are bailing out because it's not good enough. Yeah, shit. Get the game. But here's the thing. <laughs> Cre- create a game that's not amazing, that people don't want to play, and you're not going to find a user base. And like, yeah. that's just how it is. Right? Like, you can't you can't bounce back from that. Like, if they came out with a version of Goddess, check that off on your bingo card. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep. If they came out with a version of Goddess that was, like, half decent today, guess what? I wouldn't play. Goddess. You want to know why? Because I invested time into it. It was piss poor. And I they, moved on with my life. They I don't need bridge. to go back and revisit it. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if they have good intentions, yeah, you don't take cookies out of the oven halfway. You know, to to the the, the, the bake guess. time. Oh. You <laughs> you, bake you time. bake them the bake whole time. time. Like, you know, yeah. Well, that's that's what know. a lot of the games are, that are doing like early access are having trouble. They're like, you know, oh, they're the developers are getting too ambitious coming up with the core concept for the game, like core mechanic, and then trying to build a story or game around that. And they're releasing it in early access, and it's not giving it enough time to really develop or grow or something. It's like, yeah, that's why you shouldn't be doing it in early access for every single game immediately. Like, this is why some people have companies and publishers to like look at it 
get a board of people to review it and go like, you know what, this is kind of a shit idea, and we should rework this. And he's like, hey, you're right. And then it becomes a great game. Like, it's like giving George Lucas free reign for all the Star Wars movies, and then he makes the first three prequel movies. It's like, maybe maybe the creative guy needs to just be like, checked, and maybe someone has to be like, hey, maybe this idea is shit, like every now and then. So that's why, like, that's another reason I'm against early access for every fucking game, which is becoming so popular now. Um, PUBG, uh, Player Unknown Battleground. Yeah. It's going on to consoles. It's becoming super popular. There's already tournaments. The game's still in early access. The game's still broken as fuck. <laughs> it's not a finished game. Yeah. It's still super glitchy. And yet they're having tournaments acting like there's skill involved when there's times where you shoot out the window, but on, it's, the building is user side generated. So for one guy, it's shooting through the window, but for the other guy, he's not and hitting the wall. But he still dies somehow, not knowing why. Like, it's, the game's broken as fuck, and it's definitely early access. It's cool. It's found a player base, but like, it's not finished, and I don't, the guy's getting, I think, way too much attention and way too, too much success way too early in this game, and it's gonna kill it. Like, I think it's gonna collapse in on itself. Um, I don't play it though, but, so I don't know why I'm talking about it in the game I've been playing section. <laughs> That's uh, right. What else? Uh, I actually, uh, bought Sonic Mania, but it's not out yet for PC. For some reason, it's being released like two or three weeks later on PC than on uh, consoles. Huh. Uh, but from what I've heard, it's the greatest Sonic Sonic game ever made. Yeah, I've like, heard to that. To date, is the best game from and multiple sources. Yep. Just the few minutes of a let's play I've seen of it, I've already been sucked in. I'm just like done. I'm sold. Like I've already, I only seen the first level, but I want it. And damn, it was two dollars cheaper if you buy it before it's out. On Steam, it's twenty bucks. But if you buy it before it comes out, it's 18. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to buy it anyway. Might as well yeah, save two bucks. It is on consoles. I got to check that out for PS4. Fuck. Yeah, I don't think it's on Switch because it would do really well for Switch. And I think yeah. that's what everyone's saying. But I, I, so I think it's for PS4 and Xbox One right now. Okay. Um, but this is like Sonic Forces is coming out where it's the game to make your own Sonic OC character. And that's pretty much like the Sonic team targeting their sonic demographic like they're targeting the specific fan base that makes sonic oc characters on deviantart whereas sonic mania is the sonic game made by fans but got sega's blessing to like use the assets and properties and characters stuff and it's traditional sonic game ever made yeah like 2d but they all 2d but then they also do really weird stuff with it like one of the special state special stages when you get a checkpoint is 3d and you have to like chase down an emerald and it's kind of weird and like crazy but awesome and done really well it's just like they really you can tell they really love sonic and they're really playing around with it and making it doing unique things that a corporation wouldn't take the risk on yeah i want to support the hell out of that that's fucking awesome i i want to buy it just for the opening animation because the guy who did it it i think tucker hudson or something like that it's just so beautifully done and just incredible and he actually got a lot of attention on the internet by making like Sonic web comics, like just jokes around, joking around about it, and like just really making fun of Sonic and goofing around with it. And they're like, "Hey, you're goofing around, but you're also really good at drawing Sonic characters. Do you want to make the opening animation?" He's like, "Sure." And it's it just looks incredible. So yeah, I'm excited to play that when that comes out in like a few days. Uh, after this recording, I'm probably going to go buy Nidhogg Two. Oh shit. A buddy of mine's getting that, and it's got online uh, multiplayer now. For that's a second. cool, nice. So I'm probably gonna get into that. The first one looked great, but it was only local, so I didn't get to play it. Um, but this one, the core mechanics are still there, and there's even more variety because there's different weapons. 
but it the biggest change is the art style, which I'm fine with. It reminds me of like the super gross out early nineties, like Ren and Stimpy sort of like style. And I'm <laughs> fine with that. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but it's really a great game to play with friends. Like I hear the AI is not super great and it's tough to do matches with like random people online. But like if you got one other person just to play this with, it's apparently incredibly fun. And I think it's like 15, 16 bucks on Steam. So it's it's pretty cheap and it's a lot of return value for it. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but the game I've actually played is Arkham Knight, which is there's the Arkham Batman Arkham series, which is Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then Arkham Origins was done by a different studio, and then Arkham Knight was back to the original Rocksteady studio. And Arkham Knight is by far the worst one out of the like Rocksteady trilogy. Ouch. And it's by far the most broken, janky piece of fucking hot shit I've played in a while. Ouch. Okay. It it had a horrendous launch at the beginning on on PC because I'm I'm playing it on PC, and it was notoriously bad because Warner Brothers does not give a shit about any PC games at all. And they were supposedly supposed to update it and fix it with some of the patches. And after two years after its release, because it was released in 2015, it's borderline unplayable. Or uh, maybe not unplayable, but I can understand when someone gets to a point where they just go, fuck it, it's not worth it, and stop playing. Like, it's completely understandable. Really? we I, I don't think we've heard about any <laughs> such experiences on this show in no. the past. I don't think that's ever happened to any of us it's before. so just, like, as a game itself, like, if you talk about the mechanics or the story or the character development or any of that, uh, I'm not sure. Like, maybe on console, it's better and more entertaining. On PC, it's just so bad. The port is just so horrendous. It's unforgivable. Most of the game centers around the Batmobile. Like, the Batmobile is the main uh, character of this game. So much so <laughs> that I feel like the head developer of it owns the Batmobile. And it's his son. And he's forcing it in every fucking second he can. For instance, there's stuff where it's like, electrical box. It's like, oh, you can short out the electrical box to open up this gate. It's like, but why would Batman use the electric stun gun he has when he could do it with the Batmobile's engine? And you have to find the Batmobile, get into it, rip down a wall, then attach to the electrical box, and then short-circuit it with the uh, Batmobile's engine. It's like, or, what? or I have this stun gun that I shoot people with that shoots electricity out, and I could just do it with that. It's like, yeah. no, 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 you gotta do it with the Batmobile. It's like, that, and that's every aspect of this game is the Batmobiles involved, whether you like it or not. And it's like, don't know what you're supposed to do? It's probably involving the Batmobile. And the reason you don't understand it, because it's so illogical and doesn't make sense why you would use a fucking tank to do this one thing that any guy could do. But besides that, um, there's a lot of like chase scenes and stuff with the Batmobile. The game doesn't render all at once. Like, maybe Arkham City did that, didn't do that, but it felt like it did, because you didn't drive around much, you flew around, and it was all loaded in a pretty steady pace, because it was only as fast as Batman could move. Whereas the Batmobile, you can fly around at like 100 miles per hour, and the game doesn't load in time. So I think six times, I've just fallen through the floor, just through the ground into empty space. And not while I'm driving around, like during a chase scene, like during a chase mission, where I had to catch this guy. And I swear to God, I, I can't prove it, but I swear to God, during the chase sequences, the Batmobile will slow down because it's rendering the whole world around it. And because it's rendering, it feels like you're not pulling the trigger to, like, accelerate. But the person you're chasing doesn't. So they are constantly faster than you. And it takes me 
20 minutes to chase down a car that I should have caught in like three. It's so infuriating and I cannot stand a second of it. Even beyond that, during the fight sequences, if you're fighting anything more than 10 characters, which happens a lot, you fight a lot of people, uh, the game starts slowing down and starts lagging and gets real stuttery. Um, plenty of times the audio just cuts out for no reason. Just not even during a cinematic or something, it'll just go silent for like a minute and it comes back. Damn. Yeah. Uh, during one of the, uh, it wasn't a cutscene, but it was like a, yeah, it was like an in-game cutscene rather. Uh, I was talking to Robin, he just disappeared. He just wasn't there, but Batman was still talking to him like he was. The game's just so fucking broken still after two years. Yikes. And it's just so irritating. Uh, like all the games, you can finish, there's a bunch of like side quests you can do on objectives. Uh, and if you want to get the absolute true ending, like the final, final ending, which is only like two minutes of extra cutscene, so you can just look it up on YouTube, it's not worth it. Um, but to initiate the final ending, like the end mode, you have to, finish a certain amount of those side objectives. Not all of them. They don't want to be unreasonable. You don't have to do all 100% of them. That would be insane. That's to get the special ending. To get the final... Just to get the regular ending, you have to do about 90% of them, though. Damn. That's dumb. That's yeah. dumb as shit. Because so much of them is the Assassin's Creed flag hunting bullshit where you have to hunt down, like, Riddler trophies, and there's 300 of them. It's like, fuck this. Like, it's so annoying. I may, maybe I'm just tired of it and I'm seeing all the strings and stuff with these Arkham games because there's definitely a lot of stuff that's repeated that I enjoyed in the first one but not the third time because it hasn't changed at all. Uh, and it just, the gameplay is not good. Like, it's a terrible port and all the gameplay centered on Batmobile. And it's just, the models even look worse. Like, they look better in City. But for some reason, they look like weird, like, fake dolls in this one. It's it's not even like Uncanny Valley where they're like, oh, they're trying to be like realistic. It's like, no, Batman looks like he's made of like granite and like silly putty. Like it just looks bad. Uh, it just, it's, oh, I knew it was going to be bad going into it, but like, I didn't think it would be this bad after two years. I thought they would have at least updated some of it, but it's still real rough. Uh, so I know Corey from One Track Gamers played it because his like scoreboard came up uh, alongside mine, but like he's the only other person I know who's played it for PC and it's, I can see why I can't recommend it for PC. If you do really want to play Arkham Knight still after this long, uh, definitely get it for console any way you can. Like, if you really have to, buy a console and then play it for that and then return the console. Yeah. Because it's it's so bad. <laughs> return the console. I'm going to have to get him back on our show and get his opinion of it. He's probably over there listening, being like, I love this game. No, <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. I mean, I love Batman. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City are some of the best games I've ever played. I absolutely love them. And this game is just stinking shit. Yeah. Like, this is just awful. I, I don't think you're no alone in that opinion either. I've, I've heard that before. Oh, no. it's It got absolutely panned, like, when it first launched. I just thought after two years, maybe one guy would be still working on it, trying to fix it. But no, Warner Brothers given up completely and moved on. Yeah. Because they're, they're a horrendous game publisher. They do other stuff good, but they're terrible, especially for PC games. They just do not care. Yeah, they have that bad reputation. Um, is there yeah. other games you've been playing? Uh, that's about it. Okay. Uh, is there anything we want to bring up game related before we go into some news? Uh, sure. Uh, We Happy Few. Remember that game that everyone thought was going to be the next Bioshock? Well, this, and it's, uh... this sounds like news. Oh, are we not doing news? I was just going to say, before we do news, listener, 
If you enjoy our show, please tell some friends to check it out. We're going to do a little mid-show plug for ourselves. Be like, oh, yo, just because <laughs> we never know if you're going to stick to the end, listener. And how about <laughs> how about that episode last week? We had Reggie Watts on. Like, if you enjoyed that, like, just please let some friends know. Be like, yo, check that episode out. Maybe not this one because, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Wow. Wow. Hey, Doug. Fuck you, too. How about <laughs> no, that? Yeah, it's, it's specifically Bren. They're like, oh, can't stand that guy. No, I'm kidding. Hey, if I'm being honest, I think you probably should have skipped the first half and probably skipped right to the news and games. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, just hearing what we've been playing. It's it's a good, decent variety, though. We've been switching it up. Uh, and yeah, yeah. had the plug uh, video game generations. That was pretty cool of them to hook me up. Uh, but okay, yeah. we can definitely go into some news. <laughs> We Happy Few, the game everyone thought was going to be Bioshock, and then they did the old switcheroo, and it turns out to be a survival horror sort of game. Um, but it's actually coming out of early access and uh, this spring. So I'm excited for it. Like, I know people were upset it wasn't what they were thinking, but I still think it looks really good. And it's not yeah. it's not a crafting, a post-apocalyptic, like, uh, early access uh, Rust or all those other survival games. Like it looks different and unique and fun, so I'm still I'm still definitely interested and want to see see it when it's finished. Yeah, um, one thing I saw was uh just like an article about the upcoming Dragon Ball Z game, like Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Like yeah. the characters look really really good. Um, is that the same thing? Where I saw a GIF going around with Kermit the Frog, like <laughs> fighting like Dragon Ball Z people, and it was like absolutely amazing. And I'm thinking it was for that game, and they just like had a mod for that, just like to troll the internet. And that, uh, that GIF went viral, or maybe it's just like a just straight up like animation someone did as a fan. I can't imagine it was for that game because that would be, I mean, it would be really funny, but I imagine that would take a lot of work for the developers to do before the game's out. I think sure. I think that's from a earlier uh, Dragon Ball Z fighting game because there's a ton, and I think someone oh, just sure, modded yeah. it. So, because that could very well be, yeah, because I'd be surprised. But this one is being developed by Arc System Works, who do Guilty Gear, which is what I've been playing a ton of lately. Yeah, so that's it's, right. It's like they call it a two and a half D fighter because it's like Mortal Kombat, sort of like on a platform two D fighter, and then certain moves you'll do will change the animation from a two D to a three D character model, and it's really nice. good. they know what they're doing. They're really good. So this is gonna For be sure. it's gonna be really exciting. But it's going to be really jarring to anyone who's expecting uh, Budokai Tenkaichi Dragon Ball Z Fighter. Like, it's not those games. Don't expect yeah. those games. This game is going to actually require skill and not just button mashing. For sure. That makes sense. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Um, another thing you posted was like this cock tease of an article from Polygon. Uh, uh, level 5 wants another Dark Cloud as much uh, as you do. And it's yeah. like, no shit. <laughs> I want that. I want that bad. Ah, I'm sure Mark does too. If only um, he could be here. I mean, if he was here, that would be the whole episode. It would be him yeah. <laughs> lamenting over Dark Cloud. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the people that worked on it, they clearly loved it. And like, we're creating a world and a story. And, like, they want to keep doing it. So it's, it's a shame. But that's the part where it becomes like the creative versus the publishers and stuff. And like, I can understand the hesitation for the publishers not and distributors not wanting to fund another game that is a cult classic and it's like they might not make all their money back so like i can understand the hesitation on their part um it would be great to have another dark cloud but you know 
unless they're going to kickstart it all, which even then they wouldn't get enough funding for. Oh, I think they would. I oh, dude, if they even put it on, if they dared to put it on Kickstarter, it'd be it would, like funded for sure, dude. I think it would cost a real million, maybe a hundred million dollars to do. Like any game Kickstarters were just a oh, PR God. stunt. Were just a PR stunt to get people talking about it. Like uh, Shenmue, Shenmue Three. No way in hell are they making that game for that budget. That that was just to get people's attention for it and to get people excited and to gauge how much of their demographic is actually going to buy the game. And then the publisher or distributor funds them the rest of the money to actually finish it. It costs millions to make games these days. Jesus Christ. Well, if that's the case, I still think they should even test the waters with that. Because I, I think they'd be surprised. It'd be like, holy shit, people really, really want this. That This, w- this uh, would be a good one to test the waters I mean, with. here's the thing. It's, it's, it, it, there's always the risk that it doesn't get funded. Yeah. And then you're just like... Well, that was embarrassing. And also now we don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you're back where you started. And also you took a big PR hit. So, I mean, if you have the money that you can spend on it, spend the money. But don't don't go fishing if you know that it's not a, a shit thing. And that's happening a lot now with a lot of people like, oh, we'll just do a Kickstarter. And it's like no one pays for it. And it's like, ooh, now no one wants it. And we have proof that no one wants it. So it's like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, now they, yeah, they really shot themselves in the foot with whatever they were trying to do. So For it's, sure. it's a gamble, especially with so much stuff being so fucking oversaturated with everyone having a Kickstarter for everything now. Well, and the other, the other side of that is if you do a Kickstarter and you don't necessarily have the money to do the thing that you want to do, you do end up spending a lot of money on marketing for the Kickstarter. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, I had to walk away from the mic. It's uh, definitely a gamble these days. So. And I mean, you could do Indiegogo or GoFundMe, but then you're pretty much saying like, hey, we know we're not going to be successful enough to do a Kickstarter, <laughs> so we're just going to take your money and run. Yikes. Yeah. So. That's one way of looking at it. Um, I, One exciting bit of news that caught my eye is that there's uh, Age of Empires 4 is announced and it's coming to yep. PC. I think coming to PC is like kind of obvious. Like, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> expecting it for <laughs> consoles or anything. I don't know. I've been surprised by dumb fucking moves by the game industry. Like, I would... That's true. Uh, I would be with you on that. But then if someone's like, oh yeah, it's exclusively for console. Like, exclusively for Switch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard dumber things, so I'm not too surprised, I guess. But that's what I mean. I didn't even really get around to playing three. It just didn't really seem like the time era that I cared about. And just graphically, it looked like a huge improvement, but I just wasn't into it. Um, but that's what I mean. For the trailer shows, like more or less like not medieval, but like ancient time, like older school warfare kind of shit. So I'm hopeful, but also it shows zero gameplay. So yeah, like, what the hell is this going to actually go- look going to look like? Oh, God. Yeah. You know, it, I, I hate to, um, I hate to like bring this off topic a little bit, but the same shit sort of happened with um, Magic Leap. Are you familiar with the company Magic Leap? No. So Magic Leap is supposed to be making these uh, glasses that are like HoloLens, but they're like super thin and not clunky. Basically, it's it's a giant fraud. Oh, they were <laughs> like anybody that doesn't know that it's a giant they fraud. They were the is one that went viral stumped. for it's an auditorium full of kids at like a school, and a whale jumped out of the ground, and it's supposed to be like a hologram. Like I saw that. Going so viral. here's the thing: yeah. nothing that they have ever demoed is actual footage, right? First off, it's not actual footage because you can't actually record through those glasses because you would need to have a 3d camera recording through those glasses 
and it's based on what's known as light field technology. So it, it's sort of sprays out a, a field of light rather than rays of light, which is a vast oversimplification. Yeah. But um, if you go to their website and you, you, you look up their product, everything that they've ever demoed is just Bullshit. like 3d modeled. Yeah. It's, it's all demo. I'm looking real. at it now. It's all like, I can tell immediately. It's like, that's, that's not what it's going to be like at all. It, exactly. It, it, not even fucking close. No. Right. Like it, it, it says, Oh, like based on technology. It's like, yeah, anybody can say based on the technology. Yeah. Like I can write software that renders that shit and like, give me a talented 3d modeling artist that, you know, can, can build something like that. And I'll put it in front of some, some stock footage of an office, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, make it happen. Well, like Star Wars is, Star Wars is based off technology, but it's nothing close to it. It's like, oh, but it's based off that technology. It's just like, ex- exemplarated, like, that's not a word, uh, exaggerated like 500 times of that technology. But it's based off that, te- like, that's a, you know, you know, based on in quotes. I think that is a word, by the way. But anyway. But yeah, um, it, it, it the same thing happens with video games, right? Like you see trailers for video games, or you see, uh, you know, demo footage or whatever, and it's all just modeled out. Like a, a, a 3D artist sat down, you know, came up with all of these like little cutscenes or whatever. It's perhaps, you know, like actual footage from in-game, but it's not gameplay. Like if you're not showing off gameplay, I don't want to see it as part of your trailer. Like unless it's just a, a little sizzle reel. I uh, honestly, it frustrates me to no end because how are you supposed to be able to make an educated decision on whether the game is going to be fun or interesting or at all in any way what it is made out to be if all you're seeing is non-playable footage? Yeah, I don't know. That's very that's that's a giant pet peeve of mine. Well, that's yeah. that's also the massive argument. People are like, oh, you know, so and so trailer looked good at E3. It's like, yes, E3 is a giant advertisement. All of it's supposed to look good. If anything doesn't look good at E3, mm-hmm. that was just a massive fuck up and a waste of money on their part. Like you can't trust anything at those yeah. games, at uh, those conventions. Absolutely not. Yeah, it, and, and it's absurd to me when people um, make purchase decisions based on that footage mm-hmm. because it's ne- that's never how it is. Well, yeah. Like right, like at least if it's like a TV show or a movie, it's like okay, that's what that's what you're buying, yeah. right? Like the, you're buying the visual experience, but. For something that is interactive that you're going to be playing and like, how do you know whether, you know, it's, it's going to behave correctly or have, have good controls or it, and it's, it's, it's interesting to think how far we've come because, you know, 15, 20 years ago, people would put out demos, right? Like you would buy a game and then like on the game, you'd open up like the CD-ROM drive in my computer and and there would be like the demo for a different game that was still in development and you would open it up and it'd be like the first level of some game. And that was some cool shit yeah. <laughs> Demos dead. that you don't get that anymore. Demos, Demos are they're, disgustingly dead. It's very unfortunate. There are still some games like steam has a whole demo category, but it is so it's called early access. <laughs> yeah, no, early access is a demo you have to pay for and it's horseshit. Yeah, right. That's uh, right. So, uh, for example, Dauntless, uh, the sort of stylized uh, Unreal Engine Monster Hunter, but for PC, that game. Yeah, I about remember. It. That's yep. out in alpha right now, so they're testing it and seeing how things work. But you have to pay to get into the alpha, and some people are like, "Oh, that's cool," because I'm paying and directly supporting them and seeing the progress. 
It's like, yeah, you can think of it that way, but what if it doesn't work? What if it's still just as shitty as the alpha when it comes out? It's like, then they just took your money because it's going to be free to play when it's actually officially released. So, like, I, uh, it's tough to say, but, like, demo, I'm looking at the demos now and there's just nothing. All these games look real shitty. Oh, XCOM 2, uh, DLC has a demo for that. That's actually something I've heard of and not just a shitty RPG maker game. But yeah, so many of these games are just gone and forgotten. Like, demos just don't exist anymore in the mainstream. Oh, Cat Quest, there's a demo of that. That's actually supposed to be a good game. Um, But yeah, even bringing it back to something we were talking about before, We Happy Few. The initial trailer for at E3 fucking blew everyone's mind. They creamed in their pants. We did. We were talking about it uh, immediately after that show. We're super pumped. It was all cinematic. There was no actual gameplay to it. And turns out there's there's actually no, none of that gameplay at all. That's not what the game's like at all. So, that right there is proof that, like, yeah, you can't trust the trailers. Like, you can't trust anything that's, you know, shined up and meant to be advertised to you. Because it's, you know, even in advertisement, ice cream. If you ever see ice cream on a picture, that's not ice cream, that's mashed potatoes. Because ice cream wouldn't melt under the heat lamps or under the different lighting they have to do for a photography shoot. So they have to use mashed potatoes so they don't melt. Like, well, to keep this tangent spiraling out of control... Oh, we're going saw... way down. Sully, no, that's what I mean. Sully couldn't I pull saw... us out of this tailspin. This is like on the deep web of fucking YouTube or some shit. Like some, it's actually going viral. It's not like hard to find at all. It's go- yeah. super popular. Um, but there's like this video of a SpongeBob SquarePants anime opening where it's just like it's so fucking accurate. It like I was like almost in tears when I like cracking I'm- up, like being like, "This is so fucking funny!" Like how well done it is. It's un, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I'm almost positive this is modeled after a Naruto opening because it seems very yeah. similar to it. That um, would make sense. But the shitty thing about this is the guy that originally did this and uploaded to YouTube, it got flagged for some fucking reason, like as like spam or like abuse or something, something bullshit that wasn't even close. So YouTube took it down because YouTube's all run by robots and machines and they don't, they just take it down without asking. And then a bunch of other people have uploaded it under their accounts and are getting all the attention of, uh, you know, views for it without crediting the mm-hmm. main artist. Ooh. That's really unfortunate. It's, it's, it's a shitty. real problem with, with YouTube. That yeah. sucks. Yeah, no, that's real. That's actual bullshit. Cause the guy obviously put a lot of time and work into it and it's fantastic. And I think they deserve the credit because it is a phenomenal laugh. We'll include a link to it in the show notes, uh, listener. Oh, even. Like, besides just a laugh of, like, oh, this is silly. But it's actually very well done. Like, it's very well it, animated. That's what, yes, it's so, fantastic. Oh, my God, it's It reminds great. me... I almost wish there was, like, a full show of just that bullshit. Like, one episode. <laughs> I'd be so into it. Well, it reminds me back in the day when YouTube was good for animators to get, like, work out there. Like, oh, here's a 30-second, like, animation reel. Because animation takes a really long time to make. And th- YouTube just has single-handedly destroyed any any supportive area for animators at all on their platform. Like, it's just not worth it. You might as well just... he. The guy even said himself, he's like, well, fuck it, I can't put it up on YouTube. Here it is on Twitter. And he uploaded his, like, was it one minute and 30 seconds video to his Twitter account. So it's it's awful uh, that that's happened to him, and I, I hope the best for him. I yeah, think. for sure. Uh, let's just get the name out there just in case, because it's uh, Nar- Narmak? N-A-R-M-A-K is the guy's actual name. That's a legit guy? Okay. Yeah. So he's got a few other videos on his account, but yeah, the full-blown 
trailer one uh spongebob one isn't there because it got taken down for some bullshit reason yeah that's super unfortunate um but let's bring this train back on the tracks uh back to video games one more uh speaking of crazy like like people custom making anime openings i talked about it before but i'll say it again there's a show called kill the kill i don't know much about it i don't watch it but (laughs) someone animated over it and turned every single character into snoop dogg and it's called Weed La Weed. Oh, God. And oh, it's Jesus Christ. beautiful. Oh, no. It's amazing. That's a good segue for Matt's uh, Netflix uh, category, but keep going. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I just say, watch Weed La Weed. It's done so well, and he animates every single character into Snoop Dogg, and it's hilarious, but also very impressive that the guy went that far for a joke. Yeah, for that sounds ridiculous. I, I'd be interested in checking it out. Yeah, people, look it up. It's amazing. Uh, last game thing I was going to bring up is, uh, well, actually, it's something you posted about Alpha Bear. What's going on with that? I, I just recently, oh. I literally just as we were talking, re-downloaded it, installed it from my phone because I missed that game so much. I actually got two. It was a good game. Yeah. I think I brought it to the show originally, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Got us all hooked. And then I realized how limited my vocabulary was. I'm just like, well, I'm done with this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually got two other games I want to bring up uh, uh, before we segue out of this. Uh, but yeah, okay. Alpha Bear's coming to Steam. The was it like hardcover edition or something? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. sort of that's what's going on. I don't know how I feel about that hardcover edition. Yeah, so I can I can see this being a fun little novelty game on Steam. Like while you're waiting for something to happen, like if you just got to kill five minutes or you got to wait for you know your Uber to pick you up or something. But I I think it definitely would do the best it can on mobile. Like it was a fun mobile game. Yeah, PC, it, I, I mean, it, it seems like it seems like it would be like if Words with Friends came to Steam. Yeah, yeah. it's like you can you can, but like I don't know if it should. I think at yeah. this point, I mean, it's only ten bucks, but I think at this point they're kind of like we're we got all the money we're going to get out of the mobile market, and the game's already done, so might as well just throw it up on another platform, see if we get any bites, and if so, sweet, that's you know bonus money. If not, oh well, we're already done with it. Yeah, and I'm eager to see if the hardcover one has any more features to it. I'll have to do some digging, but maybe not. Uh, I can't really tell. Uh, I mean, just glimpsing this randomly, uh, not really. Okay. But like, if you got like a little like plastic or like plush Alpha Bear that comes with it, like if you pay like extra five bucks and you got a little figurine of an Alpha Bear, and maybe it could be like random because there's so many different bears, like different variety of them, like. Hell yeah, I would buy the game. I wouldn't even play the game again, but I would buy it just to get the little like bear figurine. That would be adorable. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'd I'd be into that. Yeah. God, so uh, what were the other bears. two games you were going to say? Uh, Secret of Mana, an amazing old, was it NES? I forget. Ye- oh, uh, I know this. one of the games was on PlayStation 2, eventually. Eventually. Uh, but Secret of Mana, great game. Uh, it's getting a 3D remastering. For PS4 and PS Vita on February 15th, 2018. So, actually looks pretty dope. Like, I'm not a crazy fan of them converting uh, 2D into 3D stuff, but actually looks pretty decent. At least the, you know, minute-long trailer they released. Ah, so, I was confusing. Nice. I was thinking it was Dawn of Mana. Never mind. Oh, uh, yeah. It's one of the Mana games, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Is anyone who... Mana? Mana, Mana, whatever. <laughs> okay. And uh, last thing, Mass Effect Andromeda has killed the Mass Effect franchise. 
Bioware has confirmed that they are halting all progress on that franchise. So, uh, yeah, that game's pretty bad. <laughs> That's all I got. Yep, last thing, and Matt posted it, Netflix is doing something with weed in their shows. Yeah, um, basically Netflix is partnering. Well, this is allegedly anyway. I I have not confirmed whether or not this is fake news. And it's entirely possible that it is fake news, but I like to believe that it's not. Um, Netflix has partnered with a dispensary um, in West Hollywood. So go you, Bren. That What is it? 13 of their shows? uh, Sorry, 10 of their shows. Each strain of weed is is based on a show. So they've got like Banana Stand Kush, uh, which would obviously go with uh, Arrested Development. (laughs) No, no. Uh, But there's some good ones here. (laughs) Prickly Muffin? What the fuck? But like, I'm not 100% on a lot of these because I don't watch many Netflix shows, but... um, I don't. There's 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 some good ones here. I'm surprised though, just because with weed you can literally name it anything. Like it doesn't have to be like ah, it's a tie-in. It's like I don't know. You could have probably called it that anyway. Yeah, stinky Tupperware. Yeah. So there's like prickly muffin, which is from uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh, Camp Firewood, which is from uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Ten years later. Um, Was it Posse Posse Riot? Oh, Orange is the New Black. I was gonna say Pussy Riot's a band, but yeah. So I thought that was that was a fun thing for sure uh, that was shared with me. I mean, they know their demographic. You get high and watch Netflix. They they re- they really do. That's the point, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, a lot of lot of chilling. Tie in Cheetos and you're set. But all right, we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, let's hear, let's do some plugs. Bren, where can listeners find you? I'm on Twitter at ABTS Brendan, and I'll be out around Burbank area just stomping on cans for my new show called Can't Stop. I just find cans in the street and just step on them. Yeah. Cool. Give them to homeless Sounds- people and they convert it into change. I'm doing a good act. I'm actually giving back to the community by breaking shit. Nice. And you, Matt? Uh, you can find me working hard to get the site builder finished for Pinecast. Uh, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, go to pinecast.com. Check it out. Sign up for a free account. No credit card required. Free forever. When you're ready for the good stuff, sign up for our starter plan with the coupon code Mass Effects to have your podcast canceled. and all the podcasts will have sex with your podcast because that's the only thing that fucking sold that franchise uh, not me is, this is that's the worst um got me <laughs> for, it'll give you uh your first month free on our starter plan um that's mass effect one word all lowercase uh yeah it's it's pretty damn good um, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Basta. My name M A T T B A S T A. What about alien you, would you guys have sex with? Oh, None God. of them. Probably Get out of here, Solarian's <laughs> got the short lifespan, so you can outlive them if they're bitches. Oh God! Oh, oh, nag, nag, nag! Can't wait for five more years, and then they're dead. Listener, if you like our show for somehow, uh, thank you very much. Uh, please ooh, give us ooh. a. 
What? What about uh, a Volus? That's like having. You know da- I'm not. It's like having sex with Dan DeVito in a biohazard suit. No, um, Jesus that's Christ. terrifying. Uh, what a mental image. Why do you do this to um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, basically. Hey, welcome like, to the so, show. Any new listeners who listen to the Reggie Watts episode? I know. God damn it. That's the idea. Uh, well, uh, we do have Facebook and Twitter. Handle is ABT Silence. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave a review on iTunes. It really does help yeah, out and stuff. Go to almostbetterthansilence.com and look at all the stuff that Doug paid lots of fivers for. Oh, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> a shitload of money. It really wasn't. But oh, no, it does, it does look a lot better than it did. It, like, it is I'm quite really bad. happy with the logo. Uh, it seems like we're make an improvement so listener yeah we still got us, a thanks. picture of two trains fucking on the homepage. <laughs> i know it's it really I moving on up that. in the world I'm, you know hey i'm we're getting some decent guests i hope we have some cool guests in the future oh, we're God. rapidly approaching two i'm gonna use so my uh ho- stuff. host privilege to demand a picture of dan devito in a biohazard suit for the image for this episode no no, I'll quit it, the show. I will use it, but if I will can't... quit the show. Okay, well then, <laughs> <laughs> I will cancel Pinecast. Yeah, we can't everybody will this. go home. Oh, okay, God. someone do fan art for me. No, That's my one request. <laughs> yes, and send it to Bass on Twitter. Oh my God! Right. We'll see you next week, listener. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.